Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 33, verse 5 says, The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Now, many may dispute that. You may even dispute that, that the earth is filled with the goodness of God. When you look with the natural eyes and you see what's going on around the world, all over the place, you question that. But it takes eyes of faith to see the goodness of God. You cannot just see the goodness of God with natural understanding. Amen? So may the Lord open the eyes of our hearts that we may see how good God is. Because the goodness of God is the foundation of our faith. How can you believe in a God whom you think is responsible for all of the evil and the ills and the killings and the wars and the earthquakes and the disasters that are taking place in the world. You cannot. Amen? It's when you have a revelation of the goodness of God that your faith begins to rise and take wings. I mean, even insurance companies will blame God for all the disasters that are taking place. They say, these are the acts of God. God has nothing to do with that. When God created the heavens and the earth and created man and placed him in a garden that was filled with the goodness of God, because Scripture says everything that God created, it was good. Very good. It's when man sinned and disobeyed God that he lost the privileged place, the place of authority, and sin entered the world. And as a result of the rebellion of man, all of these evil things have found entrance into the world. Sickness, disease, earthquakes, disasters. It's not God. We are responsible for all those things. Amen? God is good. And he's good all the time. James 1 says, Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights. And there is no variableness, no change with God. God never changes. Everything that is good is of God. Everything that is evil and bad is of the devil. John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not, but to do what? to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Anything that steals from you, kills or destroys, it is not of God, is from the devil. But I have come, he says, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen? We need to be clear in our thinking about all of these things. And today I want to teach you on the subject of faith because we've discussed last week the only way that we're going to access this wonderful goodness that God has prepared for every one of His children is through faith. Psalm 31, verse 19. You remember that verse? Who can quote it for me? Let me see if you've done your homework. 
Psalm 31, verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. Amen? For the sons of men who trust in you. Not just goodness, but great goodness God has laid up. He's already prepared. It belongs to you and I. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Eyes have not seen, ears has not heard, neither has entered the mind or the heart of man the things that God has already prepared for those who love him. Those things are already there for you and I. And the only way that we live without those goodness is that if we are content to live without them. How hungry are you to see the goodness of God? When we speak of the goodness, what, what do we mean? Goodness is healing and health. Goodness is long life. Goodness is divine protection from all of the evils that are going on in this world. Goodness is a, is a happy and a joyful marriage. Goodness is prosperity in your finances. Amen? These are the goodness of God. God wants to bless you because He loves you. Not because you're good enough. God's love is not based on our performance. But He loves us unconditionally because that's who He is. Our performance does not determine God's love. He loves you anyway. Because you are in Christ. He loves because God is love. And He loves you and He wants to bless you. And show you how good He is. Answer your prayers. Show you wonders and marvels. All of those things belong to us. And the way to access them is through what? Faith. By believing. Jesus said to Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? The condition is believing. If you believe. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. listen carefully, Mark eleven twenty four. whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You know, when I first discovered this verse of Scripture, I went to my pastor, my then pastor. Not the young Jackson, there was an older Jackson. So I said, you know, I've discovered this verse and I was so overjoyed. Lord, do you mean that whatever I desire when I pray, to believe that I receive and I have that when I pray, and then I will see it? I was so excited. So I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, you know, I read here in Mark eleven twenty four, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Can I say I have something without seeing it? He looked at me bewildered. He said, well, I'm not so sure. Imagine that, pastor. Do you know there are many pastors, they don't believe anything they don't see. And many of you sitting here today, you don't believe anything unless you see it. 
But you know, when we speak about faith, you need to understand that faith always deals with the invisible world, with the spirit world. Faith gives you the ability to see things that are not seen in the natural. And just because you cannot see them in the natural, that does not mean they don't exist. And that is the basis of faith, is believing what God says without seeing it, without feeling it. Amen? So I began to meditate on this. I ignored what my pastor said, and I began to meditate. And the more I meditated, the more I saw that if I pray and believe that I receive what I prayed, then I will have it. And I started exercising my faith. That was when I started my journey of faith. Man, I would believe God for a parking bay. Yeah, that's how I started. To this day, I still believe for it when I drive out there. Especially when I have my wife with me. She doesn't want to walk long distances. (laughs) And you know what? God will bypass a million people and come to you simply because you believe. I recall back in those days in Zimbabwe, you couldn't get hold of things. I mean, you couldn't buy a new car. You couldn't even buy a second-hand car. There were no cars around. There was such a big demand so that there were only very few cars. You couldn't put your children into a private school because the, the, the what do you call it? The, the waiting list was five, six, seven, eight years. But that was the time I was learning to exercise my faith. So I would call my wife and say, sweetheart, let's agree because the word says if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they would ask, it will be granted to them by the Father in heaven. We would, I would write out a decree and, 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 and uh, I would agree with my wife that we have space and we have a place for our children and sign it, put the date on it, release my faith. And you know what? It worked every single time. Simply because we believed. I recall once, Helen had a problem with her tonsils. And she was regularly having this tonsillitis. Now, Helen is the only one that I managed my wife to agree with me that she would not need to take them out but believe God to heal her. She still has her tonsils. <laughs> I, couldn't get, I couldn't get Chris to agree with me on the other two. <laughs> the only one I could get it to agree was with Helen. Uh, for what reason, I do not know. We prayed, we believed, we trusted God. Do you still have your tonsils, Helen? And I could name testimony after testimony after testimony when I started learning about this subject that I'm speaking to you about. Believing God. Believing the Word of God and acting on the Word as though it was true. I recall another time 
the Lord instructed me to put all of my teachings on tapes. We don't have tapes now, but back in those years, there used to be tapes. And I needed to put those teachings on tape and send them out to whosoever would ask for them and not charge them anything for it. But in order to do that, I needed equipment. I needed a tape duplicator. You couldn't get a tape duplicator in Zimbabwe, no matter how much money you had. So I started believing God for one. And I recall every evening when I prayed, I would walk on the balcony and I would praise God and see myself with the duplicator in my hands and rejoice and thank God because I believe I received when I prayed. It wasn't long before there was a major Christian conference in Harare and the people who organized this conference, they bought up into the country, they brought a whole lot of duplicators. After the conference was finished, they only had a few and they were selling them. A friend of mine called me up from Harare and he said, I got a duplicator for you. The Lord prompted me to buy it for the ministry. You know, I still have it in my office. That's how I got it. That's how we got every single car that we have been driving. For all the years we have walked with God, there was only one car that I bought in higher purchase. I believed God. You know, one of the reasons we do not exercise our faith is because this world system gives us alternatives. There are many alternatives. There are easy ways to do things. You need money, just go to the bank. They'll give you a loan. They beg you. Every day I get emails. You qualify for so much credit. You qualify for such a loan. All you have to do is answer yes to this SMS. They make it so easy for you. So why would you go to God when it's so easy to obtain what you need? So instead of going to the Lord, exercising our faith and trust in God, we go to the bank. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the bank, but when you keep going there, your faith has no opportunity to be exercised and your faith muscles will sit and will grow weaker and weaker and weaker simply because you don't exercise them. I recall, if you read in John's Gospel, chapter 6, there was a time when many of the disciples of Jesus walked away from walking with him. They didn't want to walk with him anymore. Because he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. you recall that incident? John 6, I think verse 63, somewhere there. And so there was only the 12 left. And Jesus turns to them and he says, do you also want to go away? And Peter piped up and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. In other words, what Peter was saying to the Lord, we have nowhere else to go. We have burned all of our bridges. There's no turning back. You have the words of eternal life. 
You know, he could, they couldn't go anywhere else. You know why? Because they laid everything down, they burned the bridges, and the only one, they looked to the Lord and trusted the Lord and continued to walk with him even in the most difficult times. Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you are in a crisis? Who do you run to? When you have a headache, where do you run to? Hello. <laughs> when the symptoms of flu attack your body, where do you go? Make an appointment with a doctor. Why not? You know, you, you just go there, he'll give you some pills, and you take the pills, and you get over it. You know, I tested this the other day. The first day I took something. The second day I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to rebuke these symptoms. The next day I was fine as everything. Just well. I used my faith. But you know, we become lazy in using our faith. We have substitutes that we run to. This world has trapped us into its system that we don't believe anything unless we see it. Hello? Here is the Lord in a desert place teaching people for three solid days, following him all through the time. And he says to them, I really hate to send the people away hungry. They must be starving by now. And he says to the disciples, give them something to eat. And the disciples were shocked. Said, where are we going to find all this money to buy bread for all these people? You see, Jesus was speaking from a faith realm. They were in the natural realm. The reason why we are so weak in our faith is because we are attached too much to this carnal, physical world. Hello? We are dictated by our five physical senses rather than by the Word of God and the invisible realm of the Spirit. Let me give you an example. The Word of God says, By His stripes ye were healed. 1 Peter 2.24. Does it say that? Is that the truth? Is that the truth? You go to the doctor, he examines you because you have a lump somewhere, they take tests, and he tells you, I'm sorry, really, to report that it's cancer. And um, you don't have very long to live. Who do you believe? Most of us would believe the word of the doctor rather than the word of God. Come on, be honest now. We place more value on the word of man rather than the word of God. You see why we don't see any miracles? You see why we do not see and experience and taste the goodness of God? Because we have more faith in the world system. We have more faith in man's words rather than in God's word. And so our faith remains undeveloped. I spoke to you last time and I showed you how God showed me when I said to the Lord, when He asked me, do you believe, do you have the faith that it takes 
to step into the ministry and continue the ministry. And I couldn't answer honestly. There was a hesitancy in my spirit. I didn't have that kind of faith that I would step out of the business world into the ministry. You recall what I did? I shut myself away with the Word of God. And I began to study and hear the Word and listen to the Word. Faith comes by hearing. Not having heard. Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith goes by not hearing and hearing by the word of God. There was faith in my heart, but there was unbelief at the same time. And the way you conquer unbelief and overcome this giant of unbelief is through the word of God. So I began to listen to the word. Listen to the word, hear the word, hear the word over and over and over again, especially on the subject of faith. Within months, my faith grew, developed. And when the Lord asked me, do you have the kind of faith that it takes to step out and do what I've called you to do? And my answer was, yes, Lord, I'm ready now. There was an assurance, there was a confidence within my spirit and, a, and, a, and an anointing and a power that immediately I responded yes. And I've been preaching ever since then. Believe God. I want to encourage you this morning to exercise your faith because I believe the Lord has instructed me to instruct you this year that if you do nothing else but focus on developing your faith so that you may rise to a level where you are able to see the goodness of God demonstrated in your own life. Step out in faith and believe God. Choose to go God's way of believing rather than the easy way. You need a financial miracle? Refrain from going to the bankers. Say, Lord, I'm going to believe you for this need. How many of you have a financial need? I challenge you. Believe God. Say, Lord, I'm going to trust you for this financial need. I refuse to go the way of the world, the way of the bank. You are my banker, and I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. And believe you receive when you pray. You know, most Christians would not believe anything they don't see. I'll give you an example. You, you have something wrong in your body and you need physical healing. And you come to the front and you believe and hands are laid on you and God is going to heal you. So we pray and we say, in the name of Jesus, we command the sickness to depart and Father, we believe and we receive healing for this person. You go sit down in your seat and the pain is still there. What are you going to believe? Most of us would side with our feelings rather than with what God said. If you believe you receive when you prayed, how would you act? Like you got it. So if you got it, what would you do? Rejoice. Number one, rejoice and give thanks. Thank you, Lord. 
Number two, act like you got it. Don't tell them about how big your pain is. Don't speak about the, the problem. Speak the word. I believe I received when I prayed, and I thank you, Lord, for my healing. The pain is still there. But you declare with your mouth that you received when you prayed. You're not denying the fact. You are having that by faith. You are believing on a supernatural truth because there is a truth that is more real than the natural truth. And when you side with the word, you shall have future tense. When will you have? When you believe you receive when you prayed. What have you been praying for? Some of us keep asking God and begging God, thinking that God is holding out on us. God is not holding out on us. He's already given you everything that you will ever need in this life has already been given to you. It's provided for you, and you have it in the spirit realm. It's yours. How many of us keep begging God, oh Lord, bless me. But Ephesians 1 says, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You are already blessed. You, you just don't have enough sense to know it. Hello? Why would you ask God to bless you if he's already done it? That means you're not believing that God is true. The Bible says, let every man, let God be true and every man a liar. Some of you look to the future and you see you're going to have certain needs as your children grow up, as they, as they uh, need um, things for education and all of those things. It's time now to start believing God for those things and exercising your faith. And don't, don't start that high. Start from the bottom. Believe God for the little things first. And when you see them come to pass, when you see the manifestation of the goodness of God, it encourages your faith to trust Him. I stood up a number of years ago, very small congregation, and I declared, God is going to give us one of the finest buildings in the city of Cape Town, and it's going to be debt-free. Most of my people did not believe me. But I believed God. When I shared my testimony, other pastors started, well, but how come God did that for Andrea doesn't do it for me? I remember there was a friend of mine in the United States, Pastor Garland, when I told him of the testimony, how God provided for us, and we put up this building without going to the bank. He, he said to the Lord, Lord, why did you do it for, why didn't you do it for me? And, and the Lord said to him, it challenged him. He said, why don't you believe me? He started believing God, and the next thing that happened, next door, he, he, was, uh, he, had a, he had a little church building, limited land. Next door, the owner of the land next door came up to him, and he gave him about, I don't remember exactly now how many square meters, but gave it to him for free, simply because he was challenged to start using his faith. God is no respecter of persons, folks. He will do it for you just like he did it for everyone else that believed him. 
If you believe, you will see. How are we going to see and taste the goodness of God? Only by faith and through faith. There is no other way. Because faith is the hand, the invisible hand that reaches out into the invisible world, takes what belongs to you, and brings them into this natural, physical world. Hello? Don't let your faith sit and get lazy. The disciples came to the Lord one day and said, Lord, increase our faith. You know when they said that? When Jesus said to them, you forgive 70 times 7. And then they were shocked. They thought, well, maybe I can forgive once, twice, three times. If a person hurts me, and the same person hurts me so many times, three, four times I can forgive him. But 70 times 7? Lord, increase our faith. You know what the Lord said to them? He gave them a parable of a servant going out to the field. He says, which of you having a servant, when he comes back from the field, would say to him, sit down and I will feed you? He would not rather say to him, prepare a meal for me and after I have eaten and drunken, then you can eat. What he was saying is that you treat your faith like your servant and you put your servant to work. You don't let him sit down. You give him instructions. Do this when you finish that job. Start on this one. When you finish this assignment, start on that one. And you continue, what? Putting your servant to work. Faith was given to us as a gift from God to serve us and to meet our needs. Whatever you need, your servant can provide it for you if you know how to exercise your rights in Christ Jesus. But if you let your faith sit, then it will become lazy. Imagine you don't use your hands for Just tie your one arm around you and, and you don't move it for a month or two. What's going to happen to it? Your muscles will wither and become weaker and weaker. Same is with faith. What are you believing God for this year? What are you believing God next week? What are you trusting Him for? What have you prayed? What have you asked Him to do for you? Do you believe you receive what you've asked? Then we should be full of joy. Amen? Study those scriptures. Get into the Word. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Hello? Whatever you desire, when you pray, what must you do? Believe that you receive. When do you believe that you receive? When you pray, not when you see it. Ah, oh, Pastor, how can I believe? How can I say I have something when I don't see it? Well... Do you see the radio signals that are here? TV signals that are all around? Do you see them? Anyone sees them? Does that mean they're not here? Just plug in a TV and tune it in and you'll see. They will start broadcasting. There's nothing wrong with God giving. He's already given us everything. The problem is always with us not being able to receive. So fix our receivers this year. Make it your goal. 
Make it your ambition. This year, I'm going to increase. I'm going to fix my receiver. God is looking for good receivers. And when he finds those good receivers, they can demonstrate the goodness and the glory of God to the world we live in. Amen? You see a sick person. A sick person comes up to you and says, you know, I've got this and this and this. What is the thing that we usually do or say to them? Have you tried this pill? I know a very good doctor. He's been very good about when it comes to these things. What, have, you, have, you, have, you, have you gone to this doctor? What do we tell them? And yet all of the time, we have the faith of God within us. Come on, I'm preaching to myself now too. We have this power of God within us, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, living within us, longing to be demonstrated, and we hesitate. What if it doesn't work? How would you know unless you try it? But you see, we put too much emphasis on what people say. What are they going to say about me if it doesn't work? And Jesus said, how can you believe when you receive honor from one another? Amen? Do we tell them boldly, the Word of God says, if I lay hands on you, I am a believer, you will be healed. Can I pray for you? Do we really want to see the goodness of God? You're going to have to step out and put your faith on the line. Hello. Amen.